This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Okay, well, thank you for agreeing to take part um, in this version of what is quite the junket you're on at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is uh, morning or night for everybody. So uh, hopefully I can answer openly and honestly as much as I can. I can't answer, like, there's certain questions I probably won't answer 100%, but I'll try as much as I can. I'll try to be as honest and open as possible. Before we get going, I just want to say that Clem has made himself available for this recording and Lee Power or anyone from ABLE um, would like a similar platform, then they'll be most welcome to reach out um, and we can get something done and for clarity. And of course, legal reasons, we will not be discussing the nitty gritty of the ongoing court case. Um, all of these questions have been sent in by Swindon Town fans, and I do thank you all for doing that. So in terms of yourself, Clem, something that I've been quite critical of has been this idea that you've been red hot with engagement with the fans. Uh, you mentioned that you meet up with Australian-based town fans and obviously the Trust plus a few others, um, and you've impressed them all throughout that time. But I guess the question to start um, is why have you been so selective with who you've discussed Swindon Town matters with over the years? And do you think that's created some of the sceptical views 
that people have towards yourself at the moment? Look, I, I can understand that the, a lot of the supporters are sceptical because I've actually talked to the fans. I haven't really picked the supporters that I've talked to. They've actually picked out with to me. They've reached out to me on on LinkedIn. So, And when people actually reach out to me, I speak to them. I'm open and honest guy. Um, I've got 800 employees around the world. So if any of the employees have got an issue, they come to me and they'll, even though I've got various platforms and management there, I will, I will talk to them. And a lot of the fans came to me once I became vice chairman. A lot of the fans came and spoke to me in regards to, look, they weren't happy with the way the club has been run. So I sat down with them and obviously the supporters trust reached out to me. Uh, the supporters clubs reached out to me. The great Western Reds have reached out to me. Therefore, they spoke to me. I spoke back to them. I, there was no, I, like I wanted to work out what, what was going on at Swindon. Um, the supporters were there at the, on the ground. I'm, on the other side of the world. So for me, I wanted to find out exactly what what was going on. And that's and I've still been in contact with them. I speak to the trust quite regularly. So for me, um, I speak to the Great Western Reds and I speak to the guys here in Australia and I've spoken to Don Rogers. And so look, they're passionate about the the supporters are passionate about the the um the club. Therefore I'm I'm passionate about it as well, and I want to make sure that we're as open, as transparent as possible. And and that stance will continue as... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I've said, uh, a lot of the supporters want open and transparency. I'm giving it to them. Therefore, I'm not going to stop continuing. This is not a... I've been with the club since 2014, and as soon as I became vice chairman, I got involved and people were contacting me. Therefore, I was... I made sure that I, um, I'm still open and transparent as possible. There's certain, obviously, there's certain items that I won't be able to, do, to discuss, but most of the stuff I will be. So, yeah. would you do you understand and accept why some fans will be cautious about any future owner of the club having decades of experience in listening? to constant broken promises. And this isn't necessarily focused at Lee Power or yourself. This is just a history of um, people coming to this club saying that they've got this really good plan of action and then it not coming into fruition. Oh, absolutely. Look, um, look I've, I've spoken to the trust about all the, the poor ownership of the club and a lot of the, the owners. Um, well, I can't really comment on what, what the other owners are. I just can be as open and transparent as possible. And what I say is what I do. No different to what I, how I run my business at the end of the day. There's no... Oh, look, I can't comment. I can't... I, I just want to be involved and make sure that I'm engaged and open and transparent as possible. And I'm a man of my word. And, and what I've done, I've like people say, I've, like I started a business out of my bedroom and built an empire around the world. So... I'm not. I, I I say what I do. I can't. I, I can't. I don't know. I can't say what else. I, like I'm persistent. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm that what I say, what I do, and and I'll continue. 
Yeah. I mean, the fight for the ownership of this club is, is, is an example of that persistence. I mean, it's a hugely emotive endeavour for all parties involved. And you have said some unbelievably positive things and ambitious things for this football club recently that will excite and impress the majority of Swindon fans. But we're also looking for assurances that you want to run this club for the right reasons. And because of what's happened in the last couple of years, that it's not simply about beating the opposition, so to speak. So um, can you assure that, you know, despite everything, it's all about Swindon Town for you? Well, absolutely. I'm a, listen, I'm a big football fan and I've been involved in Swindon for seven years. I've heavily invested into the club. I've got a real connection with the club, the supporters. I'm a proper fan. I've been at home games. I've been away games. I've sat in the, the town end with Rob and his son and a lot of the, lot of the other supporters. So I am, I see the potential in the club. Look, I'm not, I'm not doing this to beat the other side. I look, it's unfortunate that it's gone down, down that path. I just care about the club and I'm, I'm a football nut, so to speak. I still play football. I've got a football game today. So I enjoy football and and Swindon is very part of it. Therefore, I fell in love with the club and I fell in love with the supporters. So, and I want to make this club a success. It's got nothing to do with me trying to beat the opposition. I couldn't care less about the opposition. Mm-hmm. So I want to... I want to I want to see the potential in this football club. Yeah, okay. Well, by the time pre-season starts, many active town fans will not have watched a game for over 500 days at the county ground. And now we're being asked by the trust to no longer attend games in order to starve Lee Power out and get you in. Um, Both you and the trust have the past of working alongside Lee Power. Do you understand how tough Uh, that will be for many fans and that some, even if they do want a new owner, will not be able to do that because they just want to go and watch football. Oh, definitely. Look, I understand their position and I respect the decision of the supporters. So, um, I'm like, I'm really keen to take the club forward um, and have a new start. But I understand that some of the supporters will will go and I respect that decision. Um, I, I can't. I'm not going to make comment, on it and I would never disrespect that. That's how it is. A lot of the the club is so important for the supporters in Swindon Town. Um, support the, the actual town. So no, I haven't got. I wouldn't criticise or comment on that. So. Okay. Do you, do you support the boycott? Oh, I'd rather not say. Very good. Okay. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not. Well, I look. It's a court case. There's a lot of things that I can't discuss in the court matters, so I can't. I look. I don't. I don't want to. Even though I want to take over the club, I don't want to put any anything detrimental to the the actual football club. I like the I, the the most important thing is the actual football club. It's not claim more. It's not Lee Power. It's, it's it's the actual club and the supporters. That's the the key. That's and the most important. And I understand now how important the, the football club is to the town and all the supporters. And it's so important. So no one can be selfish enough to say, "Well, I'm my I'm Claymore Finney, and I should be 
are more important than the club. No, the club is the the ultimate. That that's where that's the pinnacle. And when everybody is thinking like that, from the the owners to the CEOs to everybody, so when the pe- the boys are playing on that on that pitch, it's all about it's all about Swindon. It's not about their personal thing. It's about playing for the team. And this is what I say with the with my business. Everything it's important about the company, and we all work together as as our ultimate goal and that's our ultimate goal is to be as high as we can and as high as we can is actually the Premier League so we, you always shoot for the stars when I when I was 27 years ago when I was in my bedroom I shot for the stars and I worked hard and persistent and yes there was times when I thought why am I doing this but you never lost sight of the ultimate goal and nothing else was in was important, but that that goal that we wanted to achieve. Well, it, it's nice. It's nice that you mentioned the Premier League because the last couple have just said the Championship, like the Premier League can happen. So, you know, fair play. Oh, well, listen, like, <laughs> am I going to say we're going to get in the Premier League? No, I, I, I like to, but there's stranger things that happen. Like a few years ago, Leicester won the league. Like no one would ever have thought. So. <laughs> yes, they have. Oh, well, I mean, you mentioned, you know, your sort of rise in business. Um, and that, that, that brings us quite well to the to the next bit, because, you know, you, you've covered this in previous interviews, but you only really skim the surface. And I'm still getting these questions of what do you personally want out of Swindon Town FC? I find it very unlikely that you built your empire starting from your bedroom in 1994, <laughs> to throw your hard-earned cash into a money pit industry like football without wanting or hoping something considerable in return. Um, I don't think anyone really believes when an owner says, you know, do you know what, I just love the game unless they've got like 30, 40, 50 years of history with that club. I mean, and this is just a personal opinion and it's not really sort of directed at you. It's just at the football business full stop. I just don't see why there's such a taboo in somebody coming forward and saying, do you know what? I can make this club better. I can build a stadium. I can help the infrastructure. And then I'm going to sell at a profit and everyone's happy. What? <laughs> it's a roundabout way of saying, what is the reason for this? It's, look, it can't look, be just this is a This is a long-term, this is a long-term um, investment for me. Um, this is a, this is the long game. I, do I want to make a profit? Absolutely. Do I believe that I can make the club a lot better, have a sustainable club, make sure the club is um, brought forward. Um, look, I'm driven. This is one of my passions. Do I want to make profit? Yes, I do. Do I need to make a profit out of Swindon? No. I've got a business that runs around the world, so I don't need Swindon to make a profit. I want to make it sustainable. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. I want to make, I want the club better. And I believe that we can build the stadium. We can get up to the league and have a sustainable club. And look, it helps my business in the UK. Don't get me wrong. I own a football club. Do, can we build the stadium? Hopefully we can build the stadium. But like, obviously, like I said before in the other interview, I said to him that I, um, I'm doing two. Well, I've done Perth Stadium. I'm doing Sydney Football Stadium now. 
would I like to build a stadium? Yes. But if we're the best candidate, we'll do it. If we're not the best candidate, we won't do it. Simple as that. We're not going to... If we're not if we're not the right candidate in England, we won't be doing it. The reason why I think people are sort of cynical in that approach is because if it's if there isn't a goal, then are we are we Swindon Town like a toy for a wealthy guy? Because you say you don't need a return, which is brilliant, you know. But there's always got to be something, unless it's just you know I want to own a football club. This this club approach and I, I well, enjoy it's not it. A, no, it wouldn't be. A, it's not a toy at all. I know how important it is. How important it is for the the supporters in Swindon. I've never said it's a toy. Look, there's livelihoods that are in, involved. There's so much importance of football club for Swindon Town. It would never be a toy. I've got, I've got businesses in the UK. I've got businesses in New York. I've, so I don't. It's not a toy for me. It's not. I, I know how important it is, and being involved. Look. I've, I got involved in 2014 and so important to um, for the supporters. And I didn't, I probably didn't realise back then, but I, I realise now how important it is. And I get, and people are contacting me constantly um, throughout the world about Swindon and how important it is. And I take it very seriously and I want to bring it forward. Do I make, want to make a profit? Absolutely. I want to make, the first thing I want to do is stop Work out what the what the debts are in the club and, and move forward from there. And sure. look, we've got a business plan. We've we 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 highlighted it to the supporters trust in the open letter that we did. So for me, it's so important, and we stick to that that business plan. Look, it's a it's a revolving, it's a fluid business, and it will change. And there might be things that we might say today and in two months time it'll, it'll be completely different because we don't know what the issues are at the time so this is the best of my knowledge at the time um and we just want to make sure that we're so i might say to you today we're going to do this and tomorrow we're going oh we're not doing this because these are the reason but we will highlight that in the advisory board and we'll we'll bring that to the table so the fans feel like they're a part of the club and part of the decisions and they've been advised what we're doing, but we need to keep moving forward and keep giving plans to move forward. It's not, there's no point saying one thing and then doing another or not doing anything and just procrastinating about the next thing. We don't like, we, we want, we want to move forward. It's for me, look, I've been in England since 2007. We just want to make the, we're going to say we're going to do something. We'd like, and I, I do this in my business as well. I don't care if you've made a mistake. So be it. We're not going to crucify it because you made a mistake. We just want to make sure you don't do the same mistake again, and we learn on it and we keep moving forward. We're not here trying to point fingers at each other. We just want to move forward. Like it's so important that people feel like when we're doing something, and they make a decision then they're not going to get crucified if they made a mistake. It, it, and, and that's how I empower my guys. And the guys make a decision, and if there's an issue, they'll come to me and say, look, Clem, I've got an issue on so-and-so, and I'll go, yeah, no, no worries, I'll look. We'll sort that out. But it's important we're not going to do this because these are the reasons. And I'd rather, like people say, oh, 
oh, that's a stupid question. No question is a stupid question because there might be a reason for it. So we don't want to shoot people down because they might ask a stupid question. And we want to make sure of that um, with everybody. So, and if we do take over the club and we would, that's what we want to empower our guys and our CEO and making sure that he runs the, the club and I'm not going to be all over him. Like I want to make sure that he's, he runs the club and he's, he's doing what he needs to do if there's an issue. Oh, look, oh, look, I talk to my managers, don't get me wrong. And I do that around the world. I talk to them and I say what's going on. And I just talk, sometimes I just talk to them about their families and work out what's going on and what just talking stuff out there. So for me, it's important. Yeah. Um, and no, it's no, Swindon is no toy. No. So if, if any of the supporters think like that, don't think like that at all. It's not a, it's a very serious, and I take it very seriously about the club and I've invested time and money and I've put money into the club. I've, I've put quite substantial money into the club. So it's not, um, people say, oh, look, if I can't afford it, well, I can't afford it. Um, could I afford it to, to the Premier League? Well, depends. There's a journey. <laughs> so I always say, jump on the journey. <laughs> um, I think you've, you've covered quite a bit the next question. Um, is this is this desire for assurances that this is not another flash in the pan takeover? If you are successful, I do have to sort of put that in every now and again, because of course um, the, the, the fight for ownership is still ongoing. Um, that there is a long-term commitment from a financial strategic and ownership perspective. And how can you reassure us that you're in it for the medium term? At least is there any way you can do that really at this stage? Look, I can't assure you that it's going to be medium term, but look, all my investments and all my businesses I've done for long-term, um, we make sure that we're in there. For, it's, a, it's a long game. If, if you think you're going to make a quick buck out of it, and take money out of the club, you can't. It, it, you're, it's, it'd be ridiculous to state that. Um, it's all about the long game and you, uh, the club needs to grow. Without the funds, it needs to grow. It, but you can have all the funds in the world still not win the, win the league. It's all about the people. The people make everything. Having the right people, having the right business people, having the right football people and having the right players on the pitch and having the right manager and having the right lady in the shop and having the right ticketing, the right groundsman and the right stadium and having the environment that breeds success is important. And it's all about the, 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 and in, and the fans and having the fan engagement and having make sure the fan engagement is there and, and, and having a team that works together to win. Yeah. It's all about that. And communication. Um, obviously I've, demonstrated that, that I've, um, my transparency and communication to the supporters. And it's not a, I didn't do it 2014 or 15 and haven't spoke to them since. I've been doing it for the last six years and I've spoken to a lot of them and and I did, did so to this day. So, and, and I've been stuck here for 18 months. I've been in England from February 2020. So I haven't been in England for 2020. Obviously, the government's done a lot. Um, you, you, you've not missed much, Clem. You've not missed much. Uh, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> okay, so um, next question. After acquisition, repaying creditors, EFL loans, 
Devonshire, you're already close to roughly £10 million. Given the cost of running a club, investing in players and achieving successes and possible promotions, would you accept that the first 10 to £15 million is essentially a write-off until the club is sold again? Until we get into the club, um, I, like I can't comment. I need to, I need to work out what, what debts we are. Could it be a write-off? Most probably. Um, but we need to work out exactly where we sit. Well, I can't comment on the financials of the club at the moment. We're not in there. And if we do take over the club, we'll, I'm sure that you and I will have another interview and we'll work out exactly with the CEO. The CEO will probably do the interview because he'll... He's probably a lot better at doing this than, than I. Um, <laughs> so for me, it'll be him probably saying it, but I'll be in the background anyway. But no, oh, look, will it be a write-off? Most probably, but I need to work out where we sit. Next question, will you debt finance this purchase? No. We'll move on straight from that. Um, a, question, <laughs> um, a question I've received from several fans is in relation to the notion that you've previously issued a winding up order against the club. Is that true? No, absolutely not. Okay. And I've also oh, had... Yeah. Sorry? Oh, I was going to say, why would I wind up a club that I own? For 15%. Yeah, keep going. No. <laughs> Um, I've also had questions in relation to whether you can afford to do this and cite over a million pounds owed to creditors in the UK. Is that true? Uh, a lot of my businesses, look, we restructured the business in the UK. The biggest creditor was Access Australia. So, um, yeah, there was a restructure in the company over there. So, um, sure. So the trusts have done their own due diligence and have had checked it out. So, very yeah. good. Yep. And you can see it on the website what's happened. Okay. Um, does your funding model fundamentally shift if Michael Standing is unwilling or unable to co-run with yourself? Look, I know Mike, and I have a good relationship with him. Um, my bid is on my own. Um, so, and my management team. So, therefore, I won't like Mike and I've got a good relationship that's all I can say about that as a 15% shareholder ownership of the club what is your current day-to-day -day involvement with Swindon Town and are you putting money into the club at the moment no I'm, I haven't been involved in the clubs 18 months ago um, uh, I'm not putting any money into the club at the moment no I'm not and despite having that 15%, you're not privy to any sort of like... Well, I'm not, getting any I'm not getting any... Yeah, I'm not getting any financial. So what money am I giving? <laughs> I, don't, I don't Sure. I have previously in the past. I have given money in the past. So... Sure. Not, not at the moment, I haven't. Okay. What, what will you do with your 15% if things don't go your way this year? Look, I, I'm still committed to the club. I'm going to stay in the club. So if it doesn't go my way, I'll be still involved. So unless someone kicks me out, um, I, look, I love the club and I don't intend to go anywhere. And I want some transparency there to the supporters. And when you say kick you out, sort of pay your 15%. Look, I, I don't want, I, 
I'm not. I'm going anywhere, so I'm going to stay here regardless of what they say or do. Are you intending to be essentially a one-man band or will you be seeking investment from other parties, having a, a full boardroom, advisory board aside, will you have a board? No, the advisory board will be the, the actual board. Um, we'll have a strong management team. Um, I, I, I can understand your one-man band um, comment, but it's like saying that I've got 800 staff employees, I've got a whole infrastructure, I've got CFOs, I've got CEOs, I've got uh, GMs and all that other stuff. So for me, um, we'll have a strong management structure, therefore we won't be, there won't be any um, uh, other investment. Yeah. Would you ever consider something similar to the 50 plus one German rule or, for example, would you welcome and encourage joint ownership with supporters in the future? Look, we're, obviously we're going to, we want to um, purchase the county ground with the supporters group led by the trust. So we want to see how that goes at the moment. So if if that goes well, then we'll we will look at it. But at the moment, we we haven't even one we haven't even got in. Uh, to we the the first thing we we want to purchase the ground and open those discussions with council and get those get those that sorted out. So we want to see how that model works first and then clean up all the, make the club nice and healthy and then say, all right, we might have a look at supporters buying into the club, but there's a bit of a process and there's a long, there's a lot of work to be done for us before that. But would I rule that out? No, but I, we would need to look at it. You have mentioned that you have a CEO waiting in the wings if you are successful. Um, is that a football industry-minded person or s- someone from elsewhere in your in your empire? Um, do you intend to have football-minded people involved above the management, sort of the, the, the football management side? Well, of he, the guy that I've got is strong business background, is strong experienced leader with people, someone like I connect well, connect well with the community, um, the football people will be the football people and the the management be management and running the the actual the business of the club of the club. So he's very he understands football and he understands business, which is very important. And as soon as we um, as soon as if we, we take over the club, i definitely will announce it. He'll be <laughs> So we'll be happy to announce it, um, which I like to. But until that day is, then we won't be, we won't be doing that. But I've spoken to him quite, quite a bit, and he, he's up for it. Okay, good. Um, would it be right to assume that once the CEO is in place, that you'll have a more peripheral sort of uh, stance, and you'll fade into the background a little bit more once once the operation is in motion? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be more um, hands-off a bit. I'll, the CEO will run the club. Um, I will be talking to the club, uh, to the CEO a bit, but he'll be running to day-to-day. It's no different to any other businesses I've got around the world. I can't. I've got 300 projects out there. I can't run every project. I just run. I speak to the managers and they run the day-to-day and 
the finance and all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, um, another thing you mentioned uh, to the trust recently was this um, advisory board, uh, which will consist of the CEO, Don Rogers, and members of the Supporters Club and Trust STFC. Could you expand a little bit on what that board will do and whether the fans involved will need to be qualified or competent enough to take on what will be considered a hugely symbolic role? The board will be a proper board or oversight the club and run and we'll also help provide strategy direction. Uh, there'll be board meetings and it'll be minuted and released to the public from aside from the confidential, confidential, confidential matters. Um, I won't dictate which fans um, from the trust or the supporters club will be on the board, but I'll be suggesting certain skills and experience that will be required and need for confidential and on certain matters. Um, I trust the supporter groups on this. I expect my management team to outside the board to have regular engagement for the fan groups um, on a regular basis. So they'll be there'll be minutes to there'll be minutes to the meeting, so they'll discuss that. So yeah. Um, so it'll be a regular basis, it'll be a monthly board meeting. We'll have the minutes to the meeting. We'll publish it. And then if I believe that the supporters trust and supporter clubs will go back to their, their own supporter groups and then discuss any other matters that they've got and then come back to us. Okay. Um, the majority of people who support or have an interest in Swindon Town are currently not members of these fan groups. Do you see or do you envisage any scope to have an elected representative within the advisory board who is independent from these organisations that is, of course, also a fan of the club? Look I'll, look, I'll be open to suggestions, but let's start with the representative of the supporters' trust and the supporters' groups at the moment. Um, I don't know roughly the details. Look, I've spoken to Don Rogers. Don Rogers is happy to do it. Um, I've Look, I understand that the fans have elected the supporters' trust and the supporters' clubs' members, so therefore I believe they're probably the right candidate and we'll have regular engagement with supporters. So for them, we need to make sure that if we do vote, the board will vote for another person if we require, but let's let's get in and we can work out the details. Look, not there's so many things that need to be done. There's, I, the detail at the moment is quite, probably quite onerous at the moment. So we're just trying to work it out. Yeah. Um, how involved do you want to be in strengthening and growing the Swindon Town Football Club brand? Would you outline key principles and values behind how you want the club to operate and its people to behave from the CEO management to the marketing, coaching staff and players? Would you consider having a board member made responsible for ensuring the entire organisation delivers against those principles on the pitch, in the boardroom and in the community? Well, it, it stems from the top. I would expect the CEO to have a leadership team and making sure that we all act in the proper way. Um, we want to make sure that we're, we're respecting the fans, respecting outside our way fans. We want to respect people, and there's and there's a and there there's a structure there that we need to make sure that we're throughout the club from chairman down to to right to the bottom. So. We want to make sure that there's a, a, a respect for everybody. Moving on a little bit, what experience do you have within the sports industry beyond the sponsorship of Harrow Borough? Look, I sponsor a lot of football clubs here in Australia. 
look, our leagues aren't like yours, but I've sponsored from the top flight club in A leagues and I've sponsored down to park football to the kids' football, which I do. And we do that a lot. Um, we, I've been involved with Swindon for seven years, so I do have a, a fair idea what how, how it works um, at the moment. So I'm quite... Um, and I'll have experts to, to help me on the way in regards to the football side and the management side. Look, at management, I haven't got a problem with because I've, I've done it. I've been doing it since I was 24. So I've been doing it for 27 years. So I don't, don't have a problem with management. But with the football side, I've got strong connections there in regards to players and stuff like that. Are there any... I mean, the question is, are there any lower league sports clubs? But let's open this up to, to any sports clubs or owners that you respect and admire. And if so, why? Um, look, I've been to a lot of games around the world. I've been to a lot of football games around the world. There's certain parts, there's certain parts of certain clubs and certain countries, and I'm talking about different sporting. I'm talking from cricket to AFL to rugby league to to football. I look, I there's so many there's stadiums that are you see, well, that's a great idea. There's the way they manage, the way they interact with the fans, the way they um, lower league clubs, yeah, there's there's Plymouth that, that they've got a good transparency with the fans. Um, Lincoln City, they've got they've got some good engagement, but then you've got the bigger league clubs where when you look at the Chelsea's and the Tottenham's of this world, they're now having fan engagement on their board. We've been talking, oh, I've been talking about fan engagement for seven years. And that started with purchasing the, the county ground with the, the supporters. And that was the drive before there was no interaction with the fans. And we've always, we've always said that. I believe that it's important for us to, to have that engagement. There's certain, there's certain parts, there's certain stadiums in France and, there's certain clubs and certain stadiums in, in England that are that are brilliant that I've seen, wow, that's a good idea and that, that's what we should be doing. Um, but once I get in, I'll be putting that to to the CEO and the CEO can put it to the board and we'll put it to the board and say, well, I saw this in New York City. I've been, what do you think of this idea and can we do it? Um, or stadiums in Perth, like we did the Perth Stadium, we did the stuff we're doing the one in Sydney. We're like, there's certain things there that we, that I, I look at Swindon thinking we that could that could work in Swindon. But we want to we want to obviously put it to the board. There's certain things that I might not understand that the board will go, well, you can't do this for these are the reasons why you can't do it, and then we want to make sure that that we put that we don't just go, oh, I'm going to go and build do this and they're going to go, there'll be an uproar, which I I don't want at all. You you say that Swindon has so much potential, it's not even funny, which I liked when you said that. Um, Do you you have a priorities roadmap, realistic targets that you want to to achieve? And what do you think you can offer that will allow Swindon Town to fulfil the potential that you envisage? Uh, look, the first thing we need to do is sort out the financials of the club, then reconnect with well, reconnect with the supporters, which I'm doing with that anyway. Build engagement, 
community uh, sponsors, um, have a proper pathway, work out the business plan. Um, we've, we've submitted that we've got a business plan there and then table it to the, to the board and having a look and, and having those key look at stabilising the, the club, the players. Um, there's so much work that needs to be done. Sort out the EFL, EFL um, hardship lines that we need to sort out, which restricts us from our, our purchasing of the players. Um, so we need to make sure that there's a lot of things that we need to do um, and be competitive in League 2. And if we go for promotion to League 1, and stabilise and purchase the ground. Um, that, but we've we've highlighted that in our um, business plan and that open letter to the supporters, which I did a few months ago. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight and I hopefully I can, but um, it's going to take a lot of uh, time, money, hard work, and hopefully the the supporters will be patient with what we're doing. But as long as they're seeing progress and what we're doing and being as open and transparent as possible, then hopefully, and if it, the community and the supporters are all behind us, we'll all be for our ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, I think that pretty much covers the next question is how long do you envisage that this project will take and when do you think people will begin to see change but it sounds like it really does depend on what you find once you step through the door right yeah once we start unraveling everything it yeah it will it will hopefully won't take long but i can't comment on that look it might take a bit of time um but we want to make sure that it doesn't we want to work hard and we work there'll be a lot of time and effort into it and I know when things go wrong, they do go wrong. They do go wrong, and it takes a while to clean up the mess. And hopefully, we, it's not much of a mess. But if it is, then we just got to deal with each situation at the time and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And and then and make and we're all on the same page. And I, I hope and I hope the the supporters understand that um and i want to be open as transparent as possible to the supporters and this is where we're going yeah do do you have experience in your career in firefighting businesses absolutely every day (laughs) every day um we're in construction i i firefight every day and especially being around the world constantly and that's from clients to issues to losing money to staff to supplies to well the everything insurances tax office making sure people are getting on with each other people not doing the right thing like my days are constantly firefighting so i'm well equipped for the job for firefighting but and it's people and it's very important and when you've got so many different personalities it is important. It is hard. You're trying to manage people's expectation and managing people's personalities at the end of the day and what some people might feel just not happy and some leave, some don't leave. You try to keep it. Depend, depend. Look, I do it all every day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm well equipped with that. 
Okay. Um, I think the next question is based on what we're experiencing at the moment as fans that we're witnessing. Um, and that is, will you have an exit strategy in place from early on? <laughs> I haven't even got into the thing. We're <laughs> talking about exit strategy. No, I, no, I haven't got an exit strategy. Look, this is a long-term thing. Um, uh, I want to build the infrastructure. I want to build it properly. Um, do no, I don't have an exit strategy. Look, I like I said, I, I'm not even in the place, and I'm not talking about strategy. I think I think the, the the question is leaning towards like when you when you are through the door, regardless whether it's in a year or five years or ten years, that you've got a way that you'd like to transition out, as opposed to what we've experienced in recently. Yeah. Oh, look, if if we get it in the right spot and someone. And it's just the best interest for the club and the community. And I can't take it any further. Absolutely. And someone else comes in and says, I can take it somewhere. And and I've done what I've fulfilled, then I'll, I'll be happy to exit out. I don't have an issue at all. But at the moment, I'm not looking at any exit strategy. Sure. Williams looking for the early cross. He's coming step to... Uh... Oh, it's a superb goal! Swindon take the lead, another ball for Brentford after their devastation of just a week ago. Well, we talked about a team finding a piece of real quality. We've just seen it from Massimo Luongo, the touch of quality we needed. It's a stunning opening goal. But let's move towards the county grounds then. Um, I don't think it's hyperbolic or inaccurate to say that Swindon Town is stuck in the 90s um, when it comes to, you know, the stadia. Um, and we've had a few glimmers of hope in the in the over the years. But I mean, our newest stand is almost 30 years old, you know, so it, it, we are we are stuck in the past. Well, our rivals around us, Reading and Bristol City is they leave us in their dust, although their situation is is far different because we're talking billionaires and multi, multi, multi-millionaires there. Um, the first question is, are you looking to purchase the county ground as a sole buyer or will the trust be remaining with their 50-50, which they had in place with Lee Power previously? The tr- the tr- well, the trust will be leading the, tr- the supporters group. Absolutely. The supporters will be, it'll be a 50-50, won't be sole purchase. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that decision was made three or four years ago, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it would still be with the supporters' trust leading and supporters' groups. Um, I, look, I've been to a lot of football stadiums around England and I've been to a lot of... I believe that... Look, I've been to Brighton Stadium. The Brighton Stadium's a really good stadium. I've been to Tottenham Stadium. Tottenham Stadium's another level. Um and I've been to Reading Stadium. I've been to the um, so there is a lot of a lot of stadiums that have been done up, and I believe yeah we have been left behind, but hopefully we can change that. And being hopefully if I get in, we we can change that. And the my whole idea because it is it's in, it is important to and, and that's the the gate the gateway for the. For the town, you have a beautiful stadium. You attract more people. You attract people want to go down there to look. Um, but we don't want to take out the character of 
lot of these stadiums have taken out the character. Some a lot of the old, old stadiums have got that character which you want to keep. Yeah. Fit for purpose maintenance aside, which you've already talked about with, with the trust on Trust Matters, how high on the agenda is significant redevelopment of the county ground? Because we've had owners in the past that have instantly said, not interested, you know, we'll do bits and pieces, we'll do the, the maintenance, but we're, we're not interested in redeveloping. And some have come in and said, that's exactly what we want. And then it doesn't come into fruition. Do you lean towards a total rebuild or a partial redevelopment based on what we've already got? Oh, it would be a partial redevelopment. Look, I've, I've submitted plans before in our bid when we when we were buying the 50, buying 50-50 with the supporters. Um, it'll be a redevelopment. It won't be, uh, it'll, it'll be a partial redevelopment, sorry. Um, so it won't be a, a, a knockdown rebuild. I'll tell you that now. So um, there's a lot of things that we want to do around the ground and really fix it right up and get the maximum out of it, so so to speak. And I've, I've submitted the plans before, but they look, they might change. Obviously, it will, will get submitted to council. Obviously, it will get approved by the supporters, the supporters to the board. If the board's happy with it, then we'll submit it to council and we'll get council approval. Once we get council approval, then we'll start building and doing what we need to do. Yeah. Do you fancy stuff like reintroducing terracing safe standing and all that is that something that could be on the agenda it, it could be but we would have to obviously we'll go to the board um the supporters groups we'll say what do you think we'll make sure that it's safe standing that we were we're quite that we're not uh, we want to make sure it's safe to for the supporters um and if and if it got ticked off by all look i'm over to any suggestion and if I think it's a great idea and it's approved by the board and approved by the supporters, then I would have no issue whatsoever. Look, this is a work in progress. Um, ideas will, will change. I might say one thing today, and you know, like I've said before, Richard, like, things might change. So I don't want people to say, oh, well, you told me this and you know, it might change for a reason. We might not. We might say, yes, we're going to do terracing, but when we do actually do, we can't do it because of some safety reasons and we, we wouldn't do it. We won't jeopardise that. No, so. absolutely. Yeah, completely understand. In in relation to the high worth training housing complex, um, what happens to that if Lee Power leaves and you, you take control? Look, I, look, I'm not, look, I'm aware of it. I'm not, I'm not involved in it. I don't understand. It's, there's a legal proceeding on it. I can't really discuss about it. And I don't, it's got nothing to do with me. So I don't really, look, we, we need a better training facility. Don't get me wrong. And we'll sort that over time. Yeah. So we make sure that we can sort that out. Yeah. Uh, so we will, we will do that. But the high work's got nothing to do with me. So sure. can't comment. Okay. We'll move on from there. Now, in terms of like, Swintown Football Club community, we're always talking about like reaching out to other people, making sure they come through the turnstiles and things like that. But I, I think we need the workforce to be able to do that adequately. Um, will, we, will you be looking to expand the size of your office staff at Swindon Town if you're successful in order to boost 
the ability for Swindon Town to engage, be it through the media or through its community outreaches? Look, we'll, we'll boost the, um, the staff, but the first thing we need to do is get in, um, work out what our current team is, review it, their capabilities, work out where we need to be and then and get new staff or keep the old staff. I, know, I believe that some of the old staff have gone and just work out what we need. What we need. Look, we'll 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 put adequate staffing in to make sure that we can to engage with the local community, which we need to do. But at the moment, I don't know who's who's there and who's not at the moment. Yeah, so it's we we need to look at the whole the whole infrastructure and the whole management. So, and we need to work out. And we need to work it out quickly once we get in. Yeah. The, the next question is clearly come from a, a bit of out-of-towner. Um, I assure you it's not from me because I'm a non-Swindonian, but it says, will you be reviewing your community outreach um, because Swindon Town's catchment area is far bigger than the club has considered it over the last couple of decades? I think what they're saying there is Wiltshire's a big county, but we the club traditionally doesn't really go beyond North Wiltshire or the uh, Oxfordshire or Gloucestershire and us poor West Wiltshiremen and South Wiltshire people, we, we get ignored by our County club, I think is what they're saying there. Um, oh, no, absolutely. Look, we want, we want to tap into as many people as we can. We, yeah. we, I, like the bigger we can get it, the better. Like we want to have a, I've, I've discussed a fan group for, people in Australia. I, I've, I've said that to them. There's a few Swindon fans down here and I want to get a, a fan group down here. Um, I've spoken to Rob about it and from the Supporters Trust and I said to him, we should have a look at a fan group and show look, I didn't realise how many fans, Swindon fans were in Australia and Sydney and Melbourne and Perth. There's a few down here and we want to we want to um, get as big as catchment areas we possibly can. It's, it's important for us. The Supporters yeah. Wherever they are in the in the on the planet, yeah. Um, the podcast gets good listenership from Australia and the USA. Not so much New Zealand though. I'm really failing in New Zealand. Well, I've got a, I've got a business. I got a business. I was in New Zealand last <laughs> week. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to push that along. I think there are more rugby people down there. <laughs> okay. Um, there, there's been a fair bit of doubt and concern regarding season tickets recently, um, credits from last season and future season ticket sales, which could potentially fall on your lap um, in the not-too-distant future. Is that something that you've been briefed on? Yes, I've been briefed on it. Look, definitely something that would be really keen to engage with supporters groups and look to provide options to the supporters. Um, when we get in the supporters and have the trust partnered money going into investing into the club, then I hope our fans and season ticket holders will return with, with many thousands. But I just want to make sure that we're um, – look, we'll, we'll discuss it with the supporters groups and work out what the best option is for all the support. Look, a lot of people are putting their hard-earned cash into the club and we want to make sure that we're fair and reasonable for the supporters. Yeah. Uh, Once we get in, we can work out the detail. What, what do they do with season tickets, season ticket sort of incentives in Australia with the various sports? Because right, it's Swindon, right? You get you get your lump sum, you can buy the pay, you know, monthly, or you get this, you get this big sum and it's scary. 
um, or you pay over a certain amount of time. What, what sort of season ticket incentives do they have down in Australia? I can't really, I don't really, I don't really know to, to truth, but um, I think the, I think there might, there should be like a, we could probably pay like a weekly or like, I know like certain things where it, you might pay two quid or five bucks a week or, or whatever it is to, so you don't feel that bang, it's worth $250 or $500 or whatever, 350 quid or whatever it is. So we just, so look, I'll, I'll sit down with the supporters groups and work out what the best scenario is and what to make sure it doesn't affect the supporters. And you're thinking, oh, well, it's too, it's too much or and what the prices are and the incentives. We, we, I'm, I'm trying to work out the detail. So I haven't, we want, the first thing we want to do is try to get into the club and um, we, we understand about all the, the um, season tickets and the credits and, we want to sort that out so there's no disgruntled supporters going, oh, well, we never got our credit back from last year or two years ago. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk football then. So infrastructure within anyway. So I did some quick calculations. Now, since the year 2000, only 51 footballers have featured in the Swindon Town first team, having graduated from our under-18s. 12 of those only played one game. 30 played under 10 games, five have played 50 or more, and only three in them 21 years have only played 100 games or more. The current model seems to be dedicated on selling players before they reach under 18 level, and those who go the whole distance are frankly shamefully disregarded or not deemed good enough at a crucial time, and I include this year with that. But again, this goes on for many, many years. Do you have, as somebody who watches a lot of football, as you've said many times, do you have ambitions to re-establish a pathway to the first team via the youth team setup and re-establishing a development reserve under 21, whatever you want to call it, side, um, so so we we can really bring these guys through? Absolutely. Well, look, we, we want our, our, our youth and our young kids coming through through their junior and going into the first first team, look I'll look at Scott Twine. He's great, achieve great player, and he's got a, such a such a great future ahead of him. Um, and we want to do that more regularly out of the out of the youth team. I, I believe it's so important for us. Yeah, yeah, and I think again, Swindon is in a very good location for young footballers because we've got yeah. London, Reading, Bristol, the entire county of Wiltshire, Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire, all over the place. A lot of people playing football and it is an untapped resource a lot of the time, I will say. Um, okay, are you, are you still looking for a pathway for Australian footballers? Because what's one of the early things I remember for yourself? And I, I've got no problem with that personally. Um, I don't think the person that asked the question has a problem with that. Is that still something on your radar? Look, oh, look, Look, I'm keen to bring Aussie kids over, obviously because I'm Australian. But I'm looking at any kids that are a benefit for Swindon. If I can get kids from New Zealand or America or any kids around the world, I'll, and their benefit for for Swindon, yeah, I, I would try to, I would try to tap in any resource to make the club a lot better. You, you might find a kid who's in America that might be able to be a great footballer or New Zealand. So I don't, 
look, yeah, obviously Australian kids, I like to have a pathway. Um, there is a lot of good kids down here, but no, it's not. I'm not. It's not conquering. So no, unless you're Australian, you're not. You're, you're not. <laughs> No, I, not, I, I, I don't think that's what the question was. I think it, it, it's just, is you know, are you hopeful look, to bring a couple of lads over if, if they're good? Yeah, look, look, there's some really good kids here. Look, Mass Longo was 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 over there, and he he was he was really good. So there, but I'm sure we can get other kids. There's there's kids in Swindon that we should be looking at that probably haven't been looked at. So we we need. So for me. <clears throat> Look, I, I will leave that to the the actual the actual football um, scouts and stuff like that, or the football um, director of football and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, and, and what about the women's team? They they currently, if you didn't know, they currently play out of town because they struggle to find a ground that's both affordable and has the facilities that fulfills FA requirements. I think they play in Fairford. Don't quote me on that, but are you looking to include them in, in within the, the Absolutely. Town they're, 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 they're part of the Swindon town family and they should be involved in playing it, being, being involved. So oh, I'm encouraging oh, like the women's women's football is really starting to pick up around the world. So I believe that we should be, Promoting and encouraging the women's league at Swindon. Look, I, I, I don't get me wrong. Look, I don't know the detail of the women, the women's league at the moment, but I think it's important. We need to to encourage it and, and bring them in into the fold, so to speak. Yeah, and do you have any interest in centralising our facilities so that the first team youth and the women, all, all the sides with the Swindon Town name, are in the same place? Absolutely, we we need to have we need to have everybody in the same place, and they were all working together. So um, we need that facility. I look, I've seen the Sutherland to I Die documentary, which showed it, they're all they're all in that under that one place, and it's important that we have that that community and everyone's part, feels part of the same team. We need that that same part team of um, of the of the club and all the from the youth to the under twenty ones to to the women's league. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're almost done. You'll be happy to know. And you can either um, go back to bed or you can uh, you can prepare. No, for football. Back to bed. <laughs> so at, at the time of recording, the the big news this week in the world of Swindon Town is they've appointed a manager, John McGrill. Certainly not yeah. the worst appointment that that we could have expected. You know, he's he's got plenty of experience as a coach, as a manager. Um, he's played at the highest level in England. Um, you did your recording with the trust before that appointment was made, and you sort of mentioned that you know you, names were on the radar. I'm not going to ask you what those names were, but I guess my question right now is, you know you will or will you give John McGreal the fair crack of the whip? You know, you'll give him a good chance. Um, if you were to come into the club in the ne- in the not too distant future. Look, I understand John has had a good track record in League Two, Colchester. I listened to his in his interview and he came very it turned out very positive. 
Um, I like to sit down with him and understand what he's and support him, and I'd give him every fair chance and support his team, ensure that we can get him get out of the league too as possible. So for me, yeah, we would give him a chance. There wouldn't be a problem with that. Um, but I've I haven't met the guy, so I couldn't couldn't answer I, I couldn't answer that. But hopefully he would stay there, and if it works out, it's obviously it's a a results business, and <laughs> yeah, <you know, laughs> there it is. The like, they get the, it's a results <laughs> business. So if you know, I get the results, it's a bit like that. So. <laughs> what, what sort of um, coaches, you know, worldwide, um, and what sort of, sort of style of football do you enjoy watching as a fan? Um, in regard, what are you Re- talking about? English league? It- the whole you whatever, you. if you want to, if you want oh, to. Look, the, the English Premier League is the best league in the world. Like, I'll tell you that now, 100%. It, I've, seen, I've seen so many games around around England and I've, I've been to three World Cups. I've been to Euros. I've been to the finals. I've been to the World Cup finals. Um, I would say the English Premier League is the most exciting football I have seen around the world. Um, and uh, I've been to... I went to Germany. I went, and I went to, I went to Brazil, and I've been to the world, uh, the Euro, the final in France. And it's oh, a bit braggy, this Clem. I've got to say, this is, this is a little I, bit. I'm gra- just saying. I'm, you, you asked me that. You asked me the question. You asked me a question about football. What What's the best football I've seen? I've seen plenty of football, but then I've seen brilliant football at Swindon. What sort of? I mean. So in terms of like manager, which are the ones that you like? I like what that guy does. And this is not as prospective Swindon Town candidates. I'm just talking about just generally. What type of, look, I like, are you talking what type of manager I like? Yeah. I like, listen, I like Klopp. I give, I like, the reason I like Klopp is even when he loses or wins a game, he he hugs the players and he, he shakes the opposition's hand. I like that. He's he's passionate about the game. He's passionate about his players, and the players will run through a brick wall for him. Um, I like Pep. I don't mind Pep. I think Pep's pretty good. He's for Man City. I think he's he's a pretty good manager. Uh, Pochettino was a pretty good manager. I didn't mind him as well. Um, but then you've got the younger guys. That are, that are pretty good football managers as well. Just to, depending on depending on their their support, depending on the owners, depending on the chairmen, and it's there's some managers that are that aren't that good, but <laughs> they still big. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. look, look, it's a tough business to be in. I I wouldn't want to be in the a manager because everyone blames the manager. I thought you were going to say I wouldn't want to be in the football business. <laughs> no, no. Well, I love the football. I love football. Okay. Well, I mean, this is this has been really, really enjoyable, and and I, and I thank you for. It. I mean, the, my last question really is that as you've kept emphasising, you haven't stepped through the door yet, and a lot of what we've talked about has been hypothetical, and cannot emphasise that enough. And a lot of what we're talking about costs a lot of money. Do you think town fans should just simmer expectations and just, you know, see what happens? 
No, look, just need to recognise that the, we're trying to turn the club around. Uh, it's going to take time. We've been optimistic. I know a lot of people are a bit sceptical of, of what I might say and what I've done. Um, but I want to deliver the promises that I've that I've I've stated, um, and I, I hopefully that the the supporters can be patient. Look, I want to I want to move this club forward and positively to to the next level, um, and I want to make sure that I want to be as open, transparent as possible. But you do you do need to understand that one, I'm not in the club at the moment, so you can't. It might change, and hopefully, I've been as open and and transparent as possible in this interview. So, if I have said something wrong, I apologise now. So, um, I don't want to be criticised for saying, "Oh, you said this," and uh, I might, it might not be correct. I, look, I am human; I make mistakes, and I just want to be an open and transparent for all the supporters. And hopefully, we can and let's get behind. Swindon, it's not about me, it's about Swindon. And like I've said before, Swindon Town's the most important thing for for the club and the club is what's important, not me or anyone else. It's the Swindon Town and it's history. It's got a 142-year history of the club and we want to be here for another 142 years and that people can look back in generations and say, look, we made this, we made this club different and we changed it. And these are the reasons why. And, and the reason why is because we all worked together and we had all the supporters working together and building this club to where it is today. And we can look back at it and, be, and we can all be proud of it, not just me. Or we want all the supporters to say, look, I'm a Swindon Town supporter. And then people can be proud of that we're a Swindon Town supporter. Kamal Fooney, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Richie. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.